You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. And welcome to episode 103 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me, Vicki Stokes. Hello. And Suze Gilbert. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> and I just want to mention before I forget that we are coming up in a day or two of our fifth anniversary. We have been on the, I was going to say on the air. <laughs> we have been podcasting. I think I'm listening to a lot of Sirius XM radio in the car now. Uh, we've been podcasting for five years now. That's amazing, actually. I know. It, it it seems like yesterday. I remember how nervous we were in the beginning. You know, it was just like, oh, you know, you don't, I was so conscientious of saying er or um or, you, but now it's like, whatever, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so we want to do, want to thank the listeners because if it wasn't for you, we would not be here. So thank you very much for listening. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Yeah. Today, we wanted to talk about travel. We're sort of following up on the last episode we did about apps and websites we use for travel. And since that episode, the three of us have gone on little trips. Vicki, where'd you go? Oh, I went on my normal birthday month uh, trip to uh, Sonoma County. I have friends that live in Santa Rosa and a friend from Arizona. My best friend came out uh, and I drove her up from Oakland to um, Oakland Airport to Santa Rosa. Uh, and what we generally do is drink a lot of wine <laughs> and hang out. Um, but we did visit uh, a couple of wineries that um, I should mention. One is called McCrosty. Um, it's in the Russian River Valley. Um, their wines to me are... Uh, uh, my friends were probably, they don't listen to my podcast, so that's okay. But <laughs> they'd be, be very upset for me to hear me say that I'm not impressed with the wines there. I, my taste has changed dramatically. And when I first started going up there, this would have been something that I would love. But I, I find that the wines are just too immature. Um, but if you are, I suggest you go there because a lot of people do love their wine. My friends love them. And the view is absolutely beautiful. You want to sit out on the patio and just sip some really, you know, delicious wines. I'm not saying the wines are bad. It's just that I would, I, I'm not impressed with them. Um, and they're not that inexpensive. Um, one of the wines that I really think is impressive is their, uh, um, God, what is it? I can't find it. Uh, is their, good grief. I'm sorry, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, is there? I want to make sure I have the right one. I don't drink white wines. Um, um, I, I I love red wines. And one that I like was the San Giacomo Vineyard. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. It was actually Pinot Noir, their Russian River Valley. It's a 2015. Um, it's not bad. It's a $44 bottle of wine. Um, um, I'm. My problem with some of the wines is that people, there are people that say, oh, it tastes earthy. To me, it tastes like grass. And, and I don't like the taste of grass. I want fruit, powerful fruit flavor. And um, there are fruity ones tend to me to taste sort of like um, 
sour cherries, and um, that's okay, but it's a, a single note, so uh, I, I, I it's it's a little bit bad for me in terms of that. Um, but uh, they they won a lot of awards. It's a beautiful winery. Go up there, try them, and let us know if you like them. You know, I'm not impressed. Kimball Status and them was a family-owned restaurant. They're brand new. Um, their wines are really really promising. They have really cute names um, uh, for their wines. One of them is called Wayward Son. Uh, you know, like the rock song. And um, uh, they have some pretty decent wines. Um, again, I think that all these wines are overpriced for the quality. Um, California tends to go crazy with the prices. And of course, if you buy a back east or at a store, you're going to pay twice as much as you would at the uh, at the venue, which is the reason why you should come out to California and buy them if you want. Um, yeah, so it's like you, you're paying double. I mean, at the venue, you're paying less. That $44 wine at uh, McCrosty would have cost you about $80 at, at a, a, um, a, a, a wine store or liquor store. Uh, even in California, you're going to pay double. But yeah, they, what I like about Kimmel's that is it's a family-owned restaurant, about um, winery. Uh, they have just a little storefront in, um, I think it's in Glen Ellen. Uh, and uh, it's just really, really quaint. And they have some really, I, I think that their wine, it takes me a while to sit and get a bit more mature, but right now it tastes pretty decent. Um, and But I think they're a little overpriced. Um, um, so those are the two wineries you went to. And then, of course, we ate and ate and ate and ate. Huh. That sounds good. <laughs> sounds good to me. Nothing wrong with that. Was, the diet was gone. Um, but uh, if you really want to have fun, go to, we didn't do this this time, go to um, Ironhorse um, Vineyard. Ironhorse is known for their champagnes. They have the most beautiful tasting room. You're standing outside, you turn around, and this beautiful valley of trees and, and, and uh, grapevines. Just go up there, get yourself a little box lunch, or go up there on, on I think on the weekends, they have the oyster girls where they have fresh oysters and you can drink a, a nice glass of champagne and wine. Um, v- Vicki, where's, uh, where's that at? I don't know, it's actually in, um, Forest, I think it's Forestville. It's, it's in Sonoma County. Yeah, so, yeah. Ironhorse Vineyard. Ironhorse. I love the name of it. Yeah, yeah. They have a history of uh, the champagnes being served for every president. And I think this president is going to be the exception, though. But they can't say, they can't use champagne, though. They have to use sparkling wine. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> That's Sparkling just the, wines. That's they're, just they're the not, French in me. It's in the champagne. Well, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's, there is sparkling wine, and I, I should have <laughs> said that instead of because oh, it is. You know, they, it, it's their method, um, and you can only, from the champagne reason, call say that you get champagne. So sort of like uh, um, no, actually, Asti. <laughs> Same with Asti, Asti and Spamante. Oh, any of them. Yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, Prosecco and all the other ones, they're, they're right. all, uh, you know, uh, sparkling uh, for, uh, bubbles, you know, as you call them, uh, but they can't not call themselves champagne. Um, but, yeah. 
their their champagnes are pretty decent, um, and they're very popular. They're very uh, popular. So if, if you find that you like it, I suggest you fly out here and get a bottle. Like like I said before, for half the price that you would at your local store, uh, or join that wine club. It's wonderful wine clubs. So that's me and my wines and my food that we ate all weekend. Mm-hmm. We what, was your, what was your favorite meal when you were in Sonoma? We barbecued. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> that last day we were there, we had, uh, oh, the first day we had, for my birthday, we had like a crab dinner. And we, um, uh, we actually went out and purchased the crab already cooked. Dungeness uh, crab? Did you get Dungeness crab? No, no. They, uh, um, yeah, it was Dungeness. Yes, it was Dungeness. I don't know why I, I went blank there for a minute. But yeah, it was Dungeness crabs. And we just yeah. got us. It was sort of the end of the season, so we were really happy when we found some of the decent ones. So that was my favorite meal. Uh, and the last thing we did, we went to this Mexican restaurant. I'm not going to say the name of it because it was awful. <laughs> and that's a shame. Here we are in California where you can just throw a rock and find a decent Mexican restaurant. But it was touristy and it tastes like something tourists would probably be okay with because they're just starving. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. But yeah, uh, mainly this trip was just for me to celebrate my birthday and hang out with my buddies. So, Suze, you spend a lot of time in Oregon. Oregon, yes. Oregon. Oregon. <laughs> Oregon. Oregon. I, you know, I asked Oregon. my friend, I was asking my friend, because I grew up in Oregon, and I said to her, I said, so, because my, my in-laws say Oregon, and I said, you know, I know when I lived on the East Coast for so many years, people would say that. I was always correcting them. And so I said, what do you say when people say Oregon? They said, no, we know they're from away. And, and I kind of laughed because I know when, uh, when I lived in Maine, this is horrible. I, I hope karma doesn't bite me in the end. But, you know, we would go out and have a lobster. And we would see tourists get a boiled lobster, and they ha- would have no idea how to eat the lobster. It was really sad. I mean, they would, they would pick apart the body and pretty much with the lobster, you crack the tail and that's, you have your tail meat and the two claws, you have your two big claw meat, but the body is just, you don't eat it. Some people take the legs off and, you know, but it's so much work for just the small amount of meat in the legs, but it would, it would just be funny it sometimes would be uproariously funny watching them trying to figure out how to eat this crustacean but anyway um yes i do spend a lot of time in oregon um i my my girlfriend and i um i spent easter there but mike and i had gone down the coast and we try to go back at least once a year once every two years but she and i figured out we have been friends for 47 years 47 years she is my oldest dearest friend cindy and i just i can't believe we've been friends so long but when i when my son was going to college in seattle um i was going down to see cindy quite frequently because i was going up to seattle and i would uh it's only three hours seattle to portland and she lives a little outside of portland and she got me on to this place called edgefield and we go there all the time um, when we're in Oregon. We like to stay there a few, for a few days. And the reason why I like it is because the McMinimum brothers, they have some places um, in Washington now. But for the most part, uh, most of the places they have are in Oregon. So they take these old crumbling hotels or um they take, you know, uh, buildings that, you know, p- 
people that have historical value and have fallen into disrepair. And in the case of Edgefield, this used to be the Multnomah County poor farm. So orphans would go there, um, you know, unwanted people, people, uh, families that didn't want their kids, they would, they would go to this poor farm. And so the, in the 1800s, it was a poor farm and then it was sold and then it became a nursing home. So what they do is when they go in and they renovate this building, they have artists from all walks of life and they paint every surface. I mean, every door has a theme and it's painted. Um, All the hallways are painted, electrical boxes, everything. It's just like little delights when you're walking and you'll see a little painting. You look up and, you know, the pipes will have been painted with faces. It's just really cool. And Edgefield is in Troutdale, which is about 20 mm, uh, minutes um, east of, of Portland. It's not that far. And when you go into uh, Edgefield, when you drive in, the vineyards are in the front. And every year, they their signature wine is called Black Rabbit. And every year it changes depending on what type of grapes they'll put in there. But that's their signature wine is the Black Rabbit. And when you go in, um, you know, there's parking and the rooms are very inexpensive. It's so popular now. When we started going years ago, I mean, we could get a room anytime. Now, I mean, they're booked months in advance. So if you ever decide to go to Oregon, I would highly recommend you book early at Edgefield. Um, They do have concerts on the grass in the summer. But they have a tasting room downstairs. So you have this wonderful hotel. um, And when you go into your room, of course, your room is all painted with a different theme. And usually it's the resident. They they found the history of the residents that used to live there. And it has something to do with the resident um, that lived there. But they give you two fluffy white bath robes because out um, in the the side of the building, you... um, they have this huge lagoon and it's this hot, like a, a long hot tub. And so you, you can go and relax there. They, ha- they have a little bar that you can get a drink and have it in the hot tub. They have a spa that you can have, get a massage or a manicure or pedicure. They have a distillery. And every year at uh, St. Patrick's Day, they do a specialty uh, whiskey called Devil's Bit. And it sells out usually that day. It goes on sale only on St. Patrick's Day. And I I guess it's usually sold out in a few hours. And it changes every year because they take some of the malt that they make their beer from because there's also a brewery there. So you have a wine, you have a winery and you have a wine, big wine tasting room. And in the evenings they have live music. So you can do a wine tasting, you know, have a bottle of wine. They have a beautiful little library you can read. So you have quiet time. They have two restaurants. They have a, the power station pub, which is just sandwich pub fare and pizzas. And then they have a more elegant restaurant called the Black Rabbit Restaurant. And the distillery, you can go up and have a drink. They have a little golf course that you can play golf. It's really wonderful because it's the type of place where you go and you put your keys down and you're there for a few days just to relax. It's just a fabulous little place. And it's, you know, it is very popular. It's wonderful. So McMinniman's Edgefield, I would highly recommend anybody that's going into Portland to make an effort to maybe go out and uh, spend a day or two there. Um, it's, it's, and the rooms are very reasonable. I mean, you're talking for, um, about 70, 80 bucks a night. You, and it'll, you don't don't have a bathroom in the room, but let me tell you about the bathrooms because people will be, Oh, you're going to share a bathroom. No, you walk down the hallway and you go into the bathroom and there's different stalls and each, each room, each, each bathroom 
um, that you go into has a sink and um, has a shower and it has a toilet. So you, you, you know, you just lock the door and you take your shower and dry your hair and get dressed and do whatever. So, I mean, it's not like a communal bathroom, just to let, if people said, Ooh, shared bathroom, that's what they mean. It's just that you don't have bathrooms in the room. So, and it's, I mean, it's really not big, a big deal. You know, you just grab your clothes and all your toiletries and you walk down the bathroom, take your shower and do whatever. It's just so much fun to be there. And they have a wonderful gift shop. So that's really nice. I do love Edgefield and I do thank Cindy for really getting me into that. And the other place um, in Oregon, this time we decided to go back down the coast. We went down to the coast a few years ago and we love Astoria. So we stopped in Astoria and there is a little smoked seafood place uh, called Josephson's. They do do mail order and I do have the link in the show notes, but they have, I kid you not, a wine, a red wine and maple smoked salmon that is out of this freaking world. Oh my gosh, it is unbelievable. And I smoke my own salmon. So I'm always trying to to figure out that recipe. It's absolutely delicious. And if you go to Josephson's, definitely have lunch there. And I'll tell you why. Um, a salad is $6. So you're going to get a salad and it'll come with some blueberries and strawberries and you can get dressing on the side. But for six six or four dollars you can get a quarter pound of smoked salmon any any flavor that you want and you can have that and they are very generous with that smoked salmon my the whole top of my salad was smoked salmon it's the best salad i've ever had in my life um they do sell salmon in cans so if you wanted to bring some back they do have it in the cans and they do have it you know just uh uh they'll vacuum pack it or anything for you too so that is wonderful and also Speaking of wineries, um, when you go down through the coast of Oregon, we stayed at Cannon Beach, and um, Cannon Beach is where Haystack Rock is. It's a very, very famous um, rock that you know on the coast of Oregon, and they have some very reasonable um, hotels al- along the beach that you can stay at. Uh, we sp- we stayed at the Waves, which was really nice. It had a little kitchenette, and they allowed uh, our dog to be there and uh, it, it was very very nice and that's also the beach where if any of you are Goonies fans the Goonies house is still in Astoria you can go see that they had a 25th anniversary not so long ago but um Ecola State Park is right it's a it's a right next to Cannon Beach and it's a wonderful place to go uh hiking you can do day hiking very scenic they have some great trails and if you go down to Cannon Beach and you look back at Ecola that's where they filmed this final scene of uh the Goonies uh when the pirate ship uh was sailing off into the distance so it's just a little piece of trivia there but in Edrath uh we went over to um Ham uh the Yemel part of uh Oregon um down near McMinnville, they have really some wonderful Pinot Noirs. And now it's just, there's so many vineyards there. But we went to Erath because Dick Erath was really the um, founder of the Pinot Noir industry in Oregon. And he has since sold his, um, his winery. It still carries his name 
because he's gone to Arizona and he's doing um, grapes out there. Actually, we're in a wine club in Arizona and they do a collaboration every once in a while. Dos Cabezas does with uh, Dick Erath. But Erath Winery, I'm also including that in the show notes. That's a really wonderful place to go. It's got a beautiful tasting room. You can sit outside. They have some, you know, cheese and noshies. And it was just a wonderful day to, it was misty and rainy. And we just sat outside and um, one of the guys, um, that works in the winery came out and talked to us and explained to us all of the wines. And we ended up buying a few and it's just, it's still a very, very good Pinot Noir. Um, I'm not a big Pinot Noir fan, but uh, I do like the Erath. There were some really nice, like Vicky said, you know, very fruit forward, um, some nice oak, t- you know, long finish, um, you know, some oakiness to it. I just very, very good. I was very impressed. So I, you know, my heart will always be in Oregon. So in France and Oregon, two places. If I if I can't retire in France, I retire in Oregon. <laughs> I have an Oregon is that you would have to wear socks. I know, but you know, <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you what I did. I bought these cool rain shoes from LL Bean. They had them on sale when we went when I went to Maine in December. You know, of course, you always go to LL Bean's and you know see what they have on sale because they have like a a, a uh, not an empl- they have an employee store, but that's not what I'm thinking of. They have like an outlet store. So you can see if they have anything good, you know, for, um, if they have anything good, you know, for sales. And so anyway, um, they had these rain shoes, which look, look like the LL Bean boot in a way, but they're not, they're like a loafer and they got little tassels and they, but they have a great tread on it. And so they are the coolest little shoes and I wore them on the beach on Cannon Beach and I wore them I wore them pretty much all week in Oregon because it was it was misting and raining but I highly recommend if um and they're very very comfortable if you don't want a, some boots those rain shoes are actually really great from L.L. Bean I really loved them okay so for my adventure I went quote unquote home I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame <laughs> That place, if you like music, you don't have to love music. You just have to like music. The place is incredible. I think, Suzanne, I don't know about Vicky. I don't know about you, if you would enjoy it as much. But Suzanne, you definitely would. I think you would really enjoy it. Uh, we became members. Uh, there's different levels of membership. We did the duet membership, which was $75. And the reason why was because it's twenty three fifty to get in. So mm-hmm. that means it's $47 for two people for one day. We were there for two days. So it would have been $94 had we gone for two days, $75 for the membership right there. You saved the money. Plus, you also get 10% discount when we bought lunch and when we bought souvenirs. Well, when I bought souvenir. I had to buy a t-shirt with all the inductees on the back, so which was cool. It was it's just a it's just a fabulous place. It has all these different displays of like the new, you know, the 2017 inductees. It had a section on the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. It had um a section on people who've passed away recently like Johnny Cash and the Beastie Boys. Uh, in fact, the song they were playing behind the Johnny Cash display which was called Hurt which he re- he recorded oh, just yeah. before he passed away, and it was originally done by Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, I'd never heard the song, and I went, "Wow, You're kidding I really me. like." It. No, I'd never Seriously? heard it before. And oh. I, when I came, I said, "Oh, I really like this. I like this song." You know, because they won't they weren't playing the whole song; they were just kind of playing like a loop of maybe thirty seconds of it. 
And I thought, oh, I like this. So when I came home, I listened to it on Apple Music. I was like, oh, I like it. Bought it. So got a sale out of it for me. Uh, but then the upper levels, the display that's currently long-term are Rolling Stone magazine because Rolling Stone is celebrating their 50th year of publication. So on the fifth floor were artifacts of different handwritten notes that some of the writers took back then in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s of interviews they did with John Lennon and David Bowie and Madonna and just all these different people, plus actual uh, photos and film strips, I guess you would call it, uh, the negative, not the negatives, but the, oh, what's the word, Suze, where they have like all the different pictures and they choose one. Con- uh, contact prints? Yeah, something like that. They, so they would have all these different artifacts, or maybe a cassette tape would be in there. They said, hey, I recorded an interview with Bob Dylan on this tape. On uh, Oh, like, you know. dem- like demo track? I mean, you're talking about um, like demo demo tapes? Well, or- no, the, the tapes that like, you know, the interviewer would be speaking with Bob Dylan and would tape it mm-hmm. on a cassette tape. So they would put that tape in the display. And just say, you know, this was this contains the interview I did with Bob Dylan on, you know, March first, nineteen seventy. You know, so and just like all these, and then just um, videos with there was a there was an on screen uh, a screen up on the wall of about two to three minute interviews with seventeen different people. It was Madonna and Pete Townsend, Barack Obama. Um, oh, I can't remember how David Bowie was one. John Lennon, and it would say at the bottom the date who they were speaking with and where it took place. And just like, just different pieces of information of, you know, things that were going on at that time. Like, how did I, how did I, you know, write this particular piece of music? Or why do I, did I, well, not me, but obviously, but why did this person stop recording, you know, for five-year hiatus? Just really interesting different things. And then they had another film going on of different movies that mentioned Rolling Stone magazine in the movie. It was kind of cool. It was just, <laughs> but after a while, it got kind of old because like, it was the same like five minutes over and over and over again. And then when you went to the very top floor, which is more like a loft area, it had a good selection of different Rolling Stone magazine covers. So that was kind of cool to be able to walk around and see all the different covers from the 60s to the present day. Not all the covers, but like a selection. Tom mm-hmm. Petty, Billy Joel, Red Hot Chili Peppers, just... Um, you know, Barack Obama again. It's just a bunch of different covers. Well, that was really cool. Sirius XM Radio Channel 26, if you subscribe, which is classic vinyl, they broadcast out of that, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Really? And one thing I did not know, because it was up there, their studio is where the Rolling Stone exhibit was. And one thing I didn't know is that particular station is not live. Because the first day we were there, we went up late in the day just to see what was up there, knowing we would go back the next day. And it was empty. I'm thinking, hmm, they're on the air right now. When we came back the next day, there was finally someone in here. And what she was doing is she would play the last 10 seconds of a song, say something, then play it back, and then play the last 10 seconds of a song, say something, and play it back just to make sure that it sounded good to her. And somehow or another, whatever that song is that she chose, you end up hearing it on the radio in full, and then what she's saying. Hmm. It was kind of cool the way she did it, because the next day as we were driving home, we purposely put on 26, and we heard the segment that she was taping when we were there. 
because they have a uh, speaker to the outside so that you can hear what she's doing. It was kind of cool. What about Prince? Did they have anything yet for Prince? Yeah. Yep. They had, uh, they had um, costumes. And David Bowie? Yep. They had costumes that they wore. Uh, the Beach Boys, Guns N' Roses, The Beatles, Diana Ross and the Supremes, Bruce Springsteen. Everybody. Just oh, everybody. Where, where is it again? Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. That's right. Yeah. Yep, it's yep, in yep. Cleveland. Um, the second day we got there, they opened at 10 o'clock in the morning. We got there a little bit early. And in the front of the building, a number of feet away from the front of the building are the letters, Rock, Rock Hall of Fame. And we saw this man sitting on one of the letters holding a trophy. <laughs> and I said to Tom, do you know who he is? No, he doesn't. So I went and I asked somebody. I said, who is that man? And they said, maybe soccer players, you will know who he is. His name is Frankie Hedgeduck. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. H-E-J-D-U-K. So I texted it to my, one of my kids who's a huge soccer player. And I said, have you heard of this man? He goes, oh, my God, did he die? I said, no, he's standing right here. He was, and he goes, because he told me, he goes, don't you dare say yes. I said, I just met him. He goes, take your picture with him. Because I did walk up to him and I said, you know, talk to him a little bit. And I said, my son wants a picture of you with us. Is that okay? Oh, yeah, sure. So somebody took a picture of us and my son was thrilled. But he is, he was on the World Cup. He was on the U.S. Olympics team, and he was in wow. Cleveland promoting some sort of soccer event that's going on either in July or August. So that was kind of cool. I'm like, oh, okay. That's very cool, actually. Yeah. I mean, actually, how often do you meet? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the night before, on Monday night, because we were there, we arrived Sunday, Monday and Tuesday, we went to the Hall of Fame, and then we drove home Wednesday. Monday night, we went went and had some dinner, and we're just kind of walking around a little bit. It's very, very walkable, the downtown area, because it's really not that big. So trying to find some place to eat, in our opinion, wasn't that easy. But we finally found some place to eat. And then we walked around a little bit. Well, they were filming American Ninja Warrior. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'd love to do that. Because <laughs> yeah. we, we saw the lights and we saw a bunch of people. So I finally stopped a, a security officer. I said, what's going on? And that's what they said. I'm like, oh. And we couldn't see anything. We said, yeah, okay. <laughs> we just went back to the hotel. So... That sounds um, like a great time, though. Oh, it's an awesome place. And the hotel that we stayed at is on 9th Street, which they also call Rock and Roll Boulevard. So when you leave the hotel and you hang a left, you just walk straight about half a mile. You cannot miss it. You walk right up to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Directly next door to the Hall of Fame is a science museum. And directly next door to that is, oh, what do they call it? First Energy Arena? First Energy Field? Something like that is where the Cleveland Browns play. Oh, okay. They always change. It just depends on just who's sponsoring it. Exactly. It, you know, that's the problem with stadiums. Yep. You know, they it's, change. It's crazy. So we went, you know, did our little touristy pictures of that. And then if you leave our hotel and make a right and walk a couple blocks down, you walk into Progressive Field, which is where the Cleveland Indians play. Go around the corner and you're at the queue where the Cavaliers play. So everything hmm. is right there. But how is Cleveland as a city? I mean, I've just, I've never been there. That's why I'm just, how is it? Do you feel safe? I mean, what is it? And how are the restaurants? I mean. The, you're not going to, at least where we were, there were no chain restaurants except for a Subway in Chipotle. Mm -hmm. A lot of the 
restaurants, again, we are far from the expert. I could be completely wrong here, so please correct me. But from what we could see, a lot of restaurants were only open during the day for the workers because where we were, it's banking central. There's government and banking. Uh, Banks, every block had a different bank. Key Bank is located in Cleveland. That's their home quarter, home headquarters. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. So banks all over the place, all over the place. Uh, as far the as finan- food, You were in a financial district. Absolutely. And the government. And we were also a few blocks away from the theater district. We could have easily walked to the theater district. That was pretty close by. I mean, it was very, very walkable where we were. Felt totally safe. Um, we actually went to the casino and it's funny, they have a casino. It's called the Jack. I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird name. But we went there and we ended up um, signing up for a card so that we could get a discount on buffet dinner because that's where we had dinner the second night, which was fine. But the thing about that, when you were talking about safety, Suze, is I said to my husband, when we leave, I want to leave the same way we came in because I felt like if we walked out the front of the building, was much safer than if we walked out the back of the building. Mm -hmm. I felt that was a little more seedy. Not horrible, but I said, if we walk out the front of the building, I'll feel better. And that's what we did. And we had no problems. We didn't see anything, you know, as far as shady or sketchy or anything. Everything was fine. But there isn't really a whole lot to do. So we were back in our room probably by 9 o'clock. So yeah. really, that's the big draw, unless you're going to a Browns game. But um, the big draw, or a Cavs game, that the big, um, the big draw would be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Science okay. Museum. Um, now there is more on the outskirts, but I didn't go there, so I can't speak to it. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, one thing that we did notice is the last episode I had mentioned using Tunnel Bear when you are on public Wi-Fi. So at our hotel, they had Wi-Fi, and they said what you do is when you try to go onto your Wi-Fi, you know, a page opens in Safari like it always does, and you just have to put in your last name and your room number, and you'll be on. I said, okay. Hmm. So I turned on my iPad, and that's what I did. It, you know, comes up, Hilton, it was um, Hampton Inn, so, but it, which is part of Hilton Honors. So I comes up Hilton Honors. I put in my name. I put in my pass, uh, my, my room number. And if you want, you can get better Wi-Fi for a fee. I'm like, no, this is fine. And I'm on. However, on our phones, we could not get on the Hilton Wi-Fi. It came up AT&T Wi-Fi. So we went to the front desk. We, we just wouldn't even let us. Went to the front desk and she said, do you have your phones with AT&T? I said, yeah. She goes, for some reason, if you have your phone with AT&T as opposed to Verizon or Sprint, your phones automatically jump onto that AT&T network. Hmm. But the iPad went on their particular Hilton network. So you, you, now, couldn't forget, you couldn't forget the AT&T network? And we wouldn't have been able to get on. We would have been using data. Okay. It wouldn't let us on. And it wouldn't let us use TunnelBear. Because as really? Soon as, I, as soon as I... You know, got onto the Wi because you have to get on Wi Fi first and then you turn on Tunnel Bear. Anytime I try to do anything, and I mean like open an email, go on Twitter, nothing really intense, it would not go on. It would just circle and circle and circle and circle. Turned off Tunnel Bear, no problem. 
So I don't know, and I've never used another VPN. So I don't know if that is an issue with TunnelBear or if that's an issue with the hotel and their Wi-Fi. Hmm. Because I've used TunnelBear before at other hotels and I've used it at um, airports. And I've had no problem. So I, I don't know what the issue is in that particular instance. You, you, you would think that that hotel one fixed that problem. <laughs> nope. They didn't really seem too interested. And then it kept booting you off. It would say, well, this is only good for 24 hours. Like, oh, this is a pain every time you had to log back on. And I think I had to put my confirm. Yeah, I must have had to put my confirmation number in, too, because I remember having to open one password or something on my phone in order to enter it into my iPad or something like that. I forget exactly what it was, but it was like jumping through hoops. Like, really? Come on. You know that I'm here until Wednesday. Leave me on until Wednesday. Kick me off on Wednesday. But every day we had to log back in. It was a pain. But that's the way it is. Hmm. So if you're a music lover, I definitely recommend the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Or if you're going there for a baseball game or a basketball game in the future, if you can extend it and spend a day, you definitely need an entire day. We did did a day and a half because we ended up meeting someone for lunch, a friend who lives close by. Um, and then, but back in the afternoon, there was a movie on U2, which was actually kind of, and the funny thing about that movie is it was a 90 minute movie and it wasn't a documentary. It was just basically a concert movie. And I didn't know until later that it took place in Buenos Aires, Mexico, uh, Brazil, Australia, and I think Chile, I hmm. think was the other place. But they seamlessly put it together that I didn't realize it was all different locations. So I'm watching the movie. And at one point, it was right after lunch, so I had to use the restroom. So when I found a cla- uh, um, a song I didn't like, I said to my husband, I'll be right back. So I went out, came back, and there was someone sitting outside from the, the movie. And I said to her, when was this movie made? It had to be 2006 or earlier because there are no iPhones in the crowd or any kind of smartphone. And she looks and she goes, yeah, you're right, 2006. And then she told me about all the locations that it was filmed. Because when you're looking at the crowd, every now and then you see a flip phone or a digital camera. And nowadays, when you go to a concert, it is just a sea of smartphones. That's all you can, especially if you're sitting way up like I do, you just look down and all you see are are smartphone cameras. And there were none. Hmm. I remember those days when you actually had to bring a Bic lighter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Been there, done that. Yep. <laughs> Free bird. <laughs> oh, please don't even say that. I beg you. I beg you. Uh, they had a uh, wildflower festival here in Richardson um, last week, uh, last weekend for three days. And my son and his girlfriend uh, went to all three days. And the headliner, oh, God, was Leonard Skinnerd. And then it was The Outlaws and Night Ranger. And he, my least favorite song in the whole entire world ever, ever, ever is Freebird. And when he was, when he was, my son was playing Guitar Hero. He was really good at Guitar Hero, but he had to get through Freebird. I'll never forget that. And I was begging him. I was almost crying. Please, please, I beg you, get through that song. Just do it. Because if you make a mistake, I swear I'm pulling the plug. I'm pulling the plug on the place. I cannot. 
not deal with this. I just, oh, I don't know what it is about that song, but I hate that song. I hate it with a passion. <laughs> not I one of my favorites, but I don't hate it as much as you. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I don't know what it is. I just, I it, that song... It just, my hair goes, I just really, uh, I, I detest it. I didn't, I know, I have no idea why, but I really do detest Freebird. But they, they went and uh, they had a great time at that concert. So, and I just want to mention, we, um, the other night I had won tickets. We had gone to this Lake of Palooza here. The, there's a White Rock Lake that's not far from us. And they had an art and music weekend about a month ago. Mike and I went and I won tickets to, the opening night of this play called uh, Circus 1903. And I highly recommend it. It is very, it's just a cool um, play. And especially where Ringling um, Brothers is now no longer. But um, the designers that did the horses for War Horse, I don't know if you ever saw that play. It was about the horses and they had puppet. They were, they were actually horse puppets, but they were, grown men that were um um operating the puppets like they were inside of them and warhorse was such an interesting play because first you know you notice the puppeteers in the horse and then afterwards you just realized it was a horse it was really amazing they did a great job well that designer did the elephants they did a mother and baby elephant for circus 1903 and several of the performers actually were former Cirque du Soleil performers and they were absolutely fantastic so they had juggling they had you know the ringmaster and they had juggling and they had an aerialist and um a a guy that did this incredible balancing act, a t- some tightrope walkers. It, it's a, it really felt you were in the circus it, back in, you know, history. I, I highly recommend it, if it comes your way to see Circus 1903. It was a fun play. So before we wrap up, Suze, you had mentioned you got a new toy. I did get a new toy. I did, I did. Um, my husband travels a lot. And of course we travel a lot. And I had heard about Ring. And I'm sure this is old hat for some people. Um, but it's trending right now. It's popular, like Nest, the Nest thermostat. But what Ring is, you can either, there's, um, it, it's battery operated. And I think there's also one that you can hook up if you have um, electricity. But we got the battery operated one. And what's kind of cool about it, you install that, you know, um, for your doorbell. And when you hook it up, it is chargeable. And if you have like a live view because it has a camera in it, uh, you have to charge a little bit more, but it comes with your micro USB that you can just charge it up with and it keeps it charged for quite a long time, but they have a special screw. So, you know, no one can just take it off. But the one we got was about $170 and we got a a brushed bronze finish because we have like a brown molding around our door. But anyway, so what it is is that you download the Ring app on your phone or your smart device and you set it up. We had to get a Wi-Fi extender, though. Um, I will tell you, you do have to have a pretty good Wi-Fi connection because our Wi-Fi is upstairs and it, when people are coming to the door, it really wasn't uh, seeing it. So we got a Chime. They have a Chime Pro that has a Wi-Fi extender. And that actually does a nice chime in your house. So 
what happens is that uh, when somebody comes up to the door, you're notified immediately someone is at your door. They haven't even pressed the doorbell yet, and you get notified. And you can speak with them. So you can see who is at the door, and it's records, too. So you can share it, like, on social media, like, as for, like, next door, if you've got, you know, a, uh, somebody, a con artist or somebody, you know, that's going around, you know, selling something that they shouldn't be. Um so it does record. You can share that. You can speak to the person. And uh, it's really nice. It's it's a lot of fun. So you know exactly, you know, who is at your door. And it, it and you also can change the sensitivity and you can change. It goes from like uh, less than five feet up to 30 feet. So we have a street in front of us and you have to change the motion sensitivity sometimes. And you can play with that. It allows you to do that right on your phone because... If big cars go by, it sometimes will set that off because it's infrared. So I really love it. So far, so good. I thought it would be really great um, when we're in France and someone comes to the door. Mm-hmm. And you can say, no, we're not interested. Thanks anyway. How cool right. is that? Uh, yeah, Santa so. Rosa had, my friends in Santa Rosa had it. So it was sort of shocking to hear them when we came up the door. I said, hey, the key is. Tell us where the key was to get into the house. Yeah. I think it's, and it does link up. You can actually link it with other things. So like your Wink, they have other, you know, wireless companies that they're, um, they're collaborating with and Wink is one of them. So you can even do your lights and everything. You can link that through the app. So that's, that's really nice. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm glad we got it because it's just another measure of security, you know, when you're, when you're traveling, actually, you know, it's kind of nice, you know, who's at the door and it's not like you had to buy another security camera because it does a really nice job. It's like almost like a fisheye view if you think about that. So your point of, um, of, um, what's the word I want? Sharpness is going to be in the center, you know, and then you've got kind of like that fisheye is going to be round, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, so so far, so good. I should probably put that in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, so I guess we're going to wrap up for today. I do want to mention, though, that if you are thinking about going to MaxStock and you haven't bought your ticket yet, if you use the code 3GeekyLadies, the number 3GeekyLadies, you'll get $30 off a premium or standard ticket. It's being held in Woodstock, Illinois on July 15th and 16th, so... Use that code and save $30. I also want to say, ladies, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. And again, thank you so much, listeners, because if it wasn't for you, there would be no fifth anniversary for us. So we want to thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Chapel of the Essential Mac and the Rampant Mumblings podcast. And this is Carl Madden of the Mac and Forth Show podcast. You know what, Carl? No, never met him. But it's funny how many people ask. No, no, no. I mean, you know what we should do? Get better writers? Well, that goes without saying. No, I think we should merge. Excuse me? Rampant Mumblings, Essential Mac, Mac and Forth should merge. Sounds messy. No, no, no. It'll be good. We can still have all the incisive news, views and opinions of Rampant Mumblings and Essential Mac along with... Well, whatever Mac and Forth has to offer. Hmm. And what should we call this new monster? Uh, I mean, venture. Well, it's still essentially an Apple-related show, so why not 
How do you like those apples? Catchy, but does it essentially sum up what an Apple show should be about? All right, how about get your apples here, an apple a day, chatty apple, happy pie, oh, oh, just apple. No, we essentially need something that is more apple related. Monkey tennis. Huh? No, no, no. We just need something essentially apple that lets people know we will essentially be discussing apple related things. You knuckleheads. Just call your new podcast the Essential Apple Podcast for when people have essentially run out of good podcasts to listen to. Should have gone with monkey tennis.